Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, listeners. Kevin and I need your help. Yes, we need your help. Please, please, please. We need your stars. We need your reviews, you guys, on iTunes so we can start to climb those iTunes rating charts. It's simple. Open iTunes, click on the iTunes store, search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Then click on Ratings and Reviews. Under the Customer Reviews, click Write a Review. Then let us know what you think from one to five stars. If you need some help, think of one star being Carol Channing and Paul Lynn in the road company of the last five years, (laughs) and five stars being free front row (laughs) tickets to Hamilton. (laughs) Although, when you think about it, I actually would give five stars to the road company of Carol Channing and Paul in the last five years, because I think that would be uh, awesome. I would love to hear, can I hear Moving Too Fast as Paul? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the one I really want. She's the Shakes the Goddess. <laughs> Been through Erica Schwartz and Danica Weiss and the Handelman Twins. So there you go. You can also leave a comment if you like. That's it. That's your reviews. It. Send us Thank your you. reviews, Please. friends. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join us on our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram, Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World. Our guest this week is truly a legend of Broadway. He won the 1989 Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for his brilliant turn in Jerome Robbins' Broadway. Two Tony nominations followed that one, one for State Fair and one for Fosse. His other Broadway credits include such great hits as a chorus line, Cats, Moving Out, and some, let's say, not as great hits, still great shows, uh, The Goodbye Girl and Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Jerome Robbins, Gwen Verdon, and Twyla Tharp, here is everyone's favorite dancing man, Scott Wise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome, Scott. Hi, very nice to be here. Hi. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, uh, it's wonderful to be here. It's so we're going to go. Great. We're going to go a little bit out of order, if that's okay. So Shoot. you are our first guest. Who was in Carrie the Musical? Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think we should just get that even, out of the yeah, way. Yeah, we can't pass that without. And then we'll jump back to your beginnings in Idaho, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, uh, Carrie, though, uh, it's, it's funny you should say that. That you want to start there because after it closed, I think for a good couple of years, uh, I was brought into auditions 
for sh- other shows, not because they really were interested in me, but only that they just wanted to. No <laughs> way. They wanted to ask a lot of questions about Carrie, and then they'd say, thank you very much, and I'd leave. I said, well, don't you want to hear me sing or act? No, I, well, that's all right. No, you're, we, oh, you're fine. We got you on our list. <laughs> it was all just like, <laughs> I'm being used really oh, badly man. here. Yeah. So it was that legendary. It was that way. At the like, time, it was really... Epic. It was so bad. It was just... Um, what was it? There was a musical that opened before us was Chess. Yeah. And uh, Clive Barnes uh, had said that... I think, if I remember, I, fr- I think it was Clive Barnes who said that he was sorry that he had said all those bad things about Chess <laughs> because he would have saved them up for Jeez. Carrie because it oh. was so bad oh, but I have to say on, on Carrie's uh, though they have done a lot of remakes of it just recently one was Stafford Arima that's right and um, who you worked with in Allegiance yes yeah. Yeah. wonderful guy yeah. oh my gosh what a wonderful person and uh, but in defense the musical uh, with Betty Buckley I, I, I did it all the way through London and Stratford in, 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 uh, in England oh, which wow. was uh, a, a lot of that's like a whole show but the um with Betty and uh, Lindsay Hatley, mm-hmm. the, all these great people. I tell you, uh, Darlene Love, uh, wonderful, um, Jean Anthony Ray, Charlotte Dumbois, crazy cast of people. And the numbers, like, I remember Betty Buckley singing the end of a song, and the audience would go crazy. Well, I mean, it wasn't like the audience didn't, I mean, they were, it got to the point where we'd get booed <laughs> because things were so bad. No. I mean, Debbie Allen choreographed it. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and, uh, but the, I mean, we get booed, but then, like, Lindsay would come out there and sing a song and bring the house down. It was oh, yeah. this weird kind of dichotomy, yeah. even though we were only selling tickets, like, the day of. I mean, there was no advance sale at all. Wow. I mean, they were just trying to get, we had five shows, and then we closed. I mean, it was like, and notice. Wow. They were just trying to get us open and out of there as fast as possible. But I swear, if they'd have just kept it open a little longer the response from the audience was so I, I mean I'm you know, when you're on stage oh, yeah. you get a whole different I've been in shows that are all right like say Goodbye Girl it was an all right show yeah. but the audience responses were always tepid uh-huh. and I think only because of you know Martin Short and Bernadette yeah. Peters great you know talents that kind of held it together and their uh, star power that kind of like got it you know, for six months it stayed. Yeah. But never did we ever get a reaction like the the scenes in Carrie with Betty and wow. Lindsay and all these powerhouse performers. Now, I admit, the show had, like, <laughs> was crazy and uh, in some ways tasteless. But I'll tell you, it was a crowd pleaser. The audience is, I wish they'd have just kept it right as it was. I have, like, a bootleg recording. Um, e- uh, I shouldn't yes, really tell everybody weird. that. It's probably it's, the one I it, taped. <laughs> Because the, re- the reaction is I'm the one. Yeah, insane. The audience are crazy. Like insane. Like everyone's, you're like, what? This isn't a hit. I and mean, at the like, end of the show, they're on their feet screaming. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, no, this is like, a bomb of a show. Okay, God. <laughs> How did you get involved with the London production? I was uh, I was hired. Uh, I was on the road with um, uh, Song and Dance at the time, and I just flew into New York to audition for Debbie, Debbie Allen, and uh, the the cast was kind of like. One third LA cast, one third New York, and one third London, mm-hmm. and so it was a really cool group of people. Actually, I have to say the New York and London cast had a like more 
uh, common work sense. I mean, just mm. by the way they would show up on time <laughs> and, and in dance Details. clothes. But the, and then the LA cast always came all like snatched in their outfits and like late, and then come in and like, it was really weird. But though no, I went and that Barbara Cook did it in um, oh, in yeah. London and in Stratford, and it was amazing to do Carrie on the this, you know the Shakespeare Festival stage. Yeah. I mean, here we are. Shakespeare, and right. we're doing carries. That is amazing. <laughs> that is but on. Dean Pitchford, Michael Gore, Larry yeah. Cohen, they were wonderful people to work with. And talented and fun and creative. And But uh, it just was... I mean, it just definitely wasn't meant to be. Now, there's this story that's been going around. So you were there. You can tell us this is true. Is it true that Barbara Cook was almost decapitated by the set one night? No, that was actually uh, Betty... Who now? I have two a Betty and a and a really good Betty and a really good um, uh, Barbara story. Please, I love them both. Great yeah. people. I've done three shows with uh, Betty Buckley and good friend and yeah. wonderful. Oh my God, great actress. But she um, one night the, there was the set was built on a rake and then there was this little like platform and it was like a little garage door opener in the back of the stage and it would slide up and down and it would slide up this thing would like open up and it would be just and then close it was kind of cool the set was interesting uh, but one night they didn't quite get the garage door to open at the right time and Betty's singing her last note and she's standing there singing this like big note La! and then like just like literally Took her head, just oh snapped it down, and like so. And if you know Betty, that just really didn't go over real well. No, she she's strong woman. She did not like that so whatsoever. That's, a, that's the and true it better story. not happen again. So, wow. so that was because uh, I was standing there watching, and you're like, no, there it comes here, and bam, there it is. I mean, I don't. I mean, it didn't like knock her to the floor or anything, but it was definitely one of those like whop on the back of the head enough to like. Not pretty. Couldn't hold that note. (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, Barbara Cook, who another wonderful human being, uh, there was one point where at the end of the first act, Lindsay is like going, no, mom, and screaming at her, and like all of a sudden her powers start to take hold, and there's flames. I mean, there's fire on the stage, and and at one point her chair is elevated in the stage, so it looks like she's actually Carrie's lifting her mother in her rocking chair up off the stage. It was a good effect. I mean, it was, yeah. there was a lot of that stuff. And, but uh, Barbara is a uh, large woman, and they had not really tested it. And it was no. done by a hydraulic in the basement, and there's a pole that actually it's a hollow leg in the chair. And then this pole would go up the chair leg and then lift it. Just only one, like this one pole. Yeah. And so here it is in the end of the first act. The chair goes up and up. And then it goes over. And Barbara is like holding on for dear life as this chair just bends over. And she's literally, as the curtain comes in, holding on for dear life in this rocking chair. Like as, the, as this thing is now made a complete hook, you know. And she's like, and they, of course, she's cursing and swearing as the curtain comes down. They get her out of the chair and she goes off stage. And then the crew had to like bend that back down <laughs> to this. Back yeah, in. and yeah. it took a long intermission to just get that out of off the stage. Scott, thank you so much. There. That's <laughs> that was the, the end of the interview. That so was it. Scott, so much. <laughs> no, now back to Connecticut. Now, now, wait, now let's jump back to Idaho. Yes. How did you, growing up in Idaho, how did you fall in love with musical theater or dancing or how did you get exposed to the arts? Um, I, I have no idea. 
I silence. Nice interview. No, I my I was uh, I started out kind of um, dance classes like you know, like in a chorus line. I can do that because my sister did, and mm. I was kind of taking classes. And uh, but at gymnastics and acrobatics kind of started to take hold. And so I started doing, and my mother always just said, I want you to do something that no, none of the other kids do. That was kind of her reason for it. And now you could probably in Idaho, but back in 1961 and two, when I was four years old, that was, that, not a lot of people took acrobatics yeah. and yeah. gymnastics. It was kind of a very odd thing to do. So I um, uh, kind of got hooked into that. And then dancing kind of came along with that. And why we were doing it, I had no idea. I had no real, I love Broadway. I mean, I think I wore out the grooves on the Jesus Christ Superstar and my Godspell album, my Fiddler on the Roof album, and yeah. all the ones at that time that I just, uh, you know, and I watched the West Side Story movie. But it was always like that's over there, and I had no, I never did theater. I mean, it was my, I never yeah. did my high school show. My sister did. She did like every community theater, and but and I watched and always thought that was something they did. I had a real fear of it. Plus, I was. Uh, had a, a real learning disability at that time. I didn't read well, so memorizing a line scared me to death, the thought of get standing on a stage and reciting a line yeah. because I was dyslexic and I had no... The fear of standing and actually even reading the script scared me to death. Oh, wow. So it was a lot of just the fear of that. But yeah. then... So dancing, great. No reading involved there. So I just... I'd always danced, uh, sang a little bit, just church, school stuff, yeah. loved singing. But then... Uh, <clears throat> um, I went to Idaho as an accounting major yes. for a year. That, yeah. that worked out real well. Uh, <laughs> a year of that, I realized that just was not for me. Then Did you continue teach, to dance even when you went to... I mean, were you still Yeah, I was also dancing? in the dance You're program always... there at the school and also head cheerleader. I was should talk for the National what? Cheerleading Association. Oh, that's cool. Um, is it? I think Good. Cool. I thought it was fun. <laughs> no, no it's the closest, I expecting that, closest so. I'll ever be to a rock star because, man, you walk out 500 <laughs> girls and you're like, yeah! <laughs> you <know>? right? <laughs> You yes. think, you know, it yes. doesn't matter what you look like. They're just going to scream and yell at you. So I was like, yeah, I like this. This is, this is cool. But then uh, kind of like decided, you know what, I want to dance. I want to do that. And so Vegas was kind of my first instinct because I was close by there in northern Idaho and right. where I'd grown up. So we're like, sure. And, but my teacher in Spokane at the time was like, um, you know what, study ballet as much as you can and you go as far in that and then then go to Vegas and then you'll go there a really good dancer and good you know, so I trained and trained for like a year there back in my hometown then uh, went studied in London for a while at the yeah. Royal Academy of Dancing yeah. then yeah. went to Toronto then the Toronto the Memphis Ballet Company picked me up there the director and so I went on as an apprentice at the wow. Memphis Ballet that's great they closed after a year and then after, during that time one of the Joffrey dancers Carl, uh, Carl Corey had said you know what you'd really be a good Joffrey dancer you're athletic you know, and, uh, oh. you know, you're kind of that what J Robert Joffrey would like. So I uh, went home for Christmas. They bought me a one-way ticket to New York. Ne I never wanted to come to New York, by the way. It was like, that was scariest place on earth for a person from Idaho. Yeah. And I never wanted to leave my hometown. I would love, I, I could have been a dancer in Spokane. I'd have stayed a dancer in oh, Spokane. Oh, yeah. But I uh, went there. I had $300 in my pocket. Um, and even at that time, that was, you have no money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and from the taxi cab from Kennedy to my apartment, one of the dancers from the Memphis Ballet was letting me stay. Quick, easy. Now I have $250 because the cab ride <laughs> was 50 bucks. Um, the guy smoked pot the whole way from Kennedy Airport to my apartment. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Oh, no, I was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> this, is, this is 1980, wow. 81, like wow. January 19, yeah. like the 1st of January. 
So, and okay. then I studied at Joffrey for a year. Then as a, on a dare, I went to an A Chorus Line audition. Yes, I love this story. This yeah. Is, this is uh, great. Someone uh, on a dare, there was like seven of the Joffrey ballet dancers going to an A Chorus Line audition, open call. There's like 700 guys, 500 girls. A guy actually handed me, Jeff Amston, who is sensitive. He's worked on Broadway. He's yeah. done thing. And he put the token in his hand, in my hand, because I didn't want to go. And I didn't have cash for even the token. I yeah. went... And then they kept calling me back. You know, I have hair, I have a ponytail, <laughs> I have no headshot. I got in Times Square, I had a little headshot done in Times Square, stapled to a piece of paper. And your resume was My like... resume was just writing on a piece of paper, like, and then here I've done here, I'm at the Joffrey School, <laughs> underline. <laughs> and so I handed that, I went in and sang Cool from West Side Story. The pianist um, um, uh, taught at the Joffrey School taught me West Side. It was the only song I could even think of was Cool. And what was really cool about that was then the Tony Award won the Tony Award and then recorded Cool and sang that, that. every night. Yes. On that's so crazy. that was always for me kind of like that was my first audition song and I ended up yeah. recording it and yeah, that's cool. pretty that's good amazing. on that yeah. song. No, that, that song Sondheim's well. never been really fond of that song, but that's that's all right. <laughs> hey, it's he good says, for you. <laughs> worst song I've ever written. I go, oh, thank you, Stephen. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Were your folks supportive always. of this journey? Always. Always incredibly supportive, uh, and surprisingly, I would tell them, "I'm leaving college to go dance, Dad." And my dad's a like a green green beret uh, uh, major in the green. And like, and my yeah. sister went into the army of all things, and my whole family are like military, very strong. But my father never, ever was there like a a twitch or anything that you do as long as long as I worked hard and did. Didn't just like you know dally around in it. No, I, I had a great support from my family. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And when you auditioned for that, that for, you know kept getting called back for a course. Yeah. Line, did you probably didn't know any of the clowns that were in the room? Not <laughs> like a clown. Not Bennett a clown. I had like, no idea who like, these was people. Was he there too? Nothing. Like, and then that same week afterwards, because I was doing so well, yeah. I went to I went to the the dancing auditions at the same time. <laughs> I was up for dancing at the same time. With Bob Fosse there. That's crazy. And so and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I'm not a clue who anybody was. Well, clearly you... I know who Balanchine was because <laughs> yes, I was right, a ballet totally. dancer. Could yeah. you adapt to that style of dance? Mm. You know, oh, well? it was... You know what? I loved... Actually, I always had kind of liked like jazz. Yeah. But... Uh, and what was really fun was at the audition for A Course Line, I'd, I loved it. I was having so... It was because I didn't have any aspirations of getting the job. Right. So I just went in there and had so much... I mean, I was having a blast. <laughs> I really was. I had to say because mindset. I've been doing ballet for such a long time. Now I'm doing this really fun jazz, and it's really so cool. I mean, the, the choreography is not hard for even a, a novice dancer to be able to do because Michael wanted it that way. It's an audition, and some of those guys in the original cast were not great dancers, and it's never been hired as that. It's supposed to look like a real audition. So, um, and then when it got to the acrobatics and the gymnastics, I had not been allowed to do any gymnastics while I was studying ballet. Because the muscles are just completely different for what you're working, you know. You're, as opposed to turnout, you're parallel. Yeah. All these different things that they yeah. refuse for you to let you do. So, I when they said, do, "Does anybody here do tricks?" I was like, <laughs> I raised my <laughs> hand, I? and a couple of guys went out there and they did some back handsprings. One guy did a kind of a half, you know, back tuck and maybe a side aerial. And, and I'm I'm like, <laughs> like. I, I used to win all around at the college level, and like I could, yes. like just, you were like, I went out on that start and just did pass after pass yes. after pass after pass of just step outs, aerials, layouts, twists, front aerial walkovers, 
all these different tricks, and I was like, God, that just felt so good. And well, just, all the other guys were and like, this asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was not, yeah. It got real quiet. Who's this guy? Where'd he come yeah. from? But I had to learn a time step in the basement from one of the guys who actually got hired. Um, and I, I didn't know how to time step. I didn't know how to tap. And the, the part is, I can do that, and that I got hired for. Who's taps? Right. But granted, he never wears tap shoes. No one ever remembers that. Yeah. He oh, didn't have tap shoes on. Right. But I, um, I love tapping. It's been kind of like now my obsession since that. I, and I've luckily been learning from people like uh, Greg Burge, um, yeah. uh, Gregory Hines. So, and I got to work with like great, great choreographers of tap. Randy Skinner I did mm. so much work with. And so tap has now like always been really because I was also a drummer. I played the drums for years. Oh, so tap okay. kind of became my outlet for that. Yeah. And it's easier in a New York apartment yeah. to tap than it is to have a drum set as your hall. That's true. That's, that's that's much easier. <laughs> Who do you think the greatest tap dancer is? Oh, the greatest tap. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a that's a hard question. Um, uh, because I grew up with uh, Savion Glover, as, yep. and he's always and I know in the tap world he's not even considered like the tapper anymore. Because I mean he's kind of getting older. I mean mm-hmm. I'm always thinking I'm like I remember when he was eight teaching tap. at like Broadway Dance Center and Steps. I mean I would look in the class and go, who's that? Oh, Savion Glover. He's like a prodigy, <laughs> and he's this like really yeah no he's crazy wow because I knew he was like a, a tap dance kid and all yeah, that. Yeah, he like, was. Um, no, and still is. Yeah. I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. And I, I, I give him credit for, I mean, not totally, but I give him a lot of credit for like rhythm tap and how he's created this whole, like, and he is. He's a prodigy, amazing. Uh, he's tapper. pretty special. He is very special. I, as far as best tapper ever, ever, I, I can't really say that because there have been so many of his yeah. disciples who have gone on and right. created their yeah. own. And so it's a huge world. Though. And I love it because it's so creative. And it has, historically, it's amazing. Yeah. And there's amazing teachers and dancers out there. A lot of them. I wish there was more venues for them. They, yeah. they have to make a living teaching. Yeah. yeah. That's no, really totally. what they do. So for true. Them. So, to be yeah. so, so true. So then you did a chorus line on Broadway, mm-hmm. right? And how long were you with the chorus line for? A year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. Were you there for the big... Yes, I was. I was actually doing Cats at the time, but my ex-wife at the time was in A Chorus Line still. And Michael Bennett, by the way, and I, I love, to date, probably Michael Bennett, my favorite director and probably one of the most talented directors I've ever worked with, even with my naive beginning. And uh, he... Because you I, worked with him when you got Cats. Yeah, because you were replacing Well, yeah, he but. was back in A Chorus Line and he was actually there... And he was working on a lot because they were about to break the record for the longest running show. So he was doing a lot to keep the show up. And he was wow. there all uh-huh. the time. Wow. And then he took a liking to me. And yeah. he started using me in workshops. And then he would do industrials and stuff that he would always use me for. I, became, I went to his 40th birthday party mm. at 890 Studios. A really wonderful and so easy. I've never seen a director work choreography and directing kind of just seem, from my point of view... Like, okay, you come here, you do this, 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 and all of a sudden you've got this number that is amazing. And how easy, where you have Michael Bennett and Bob Fosse and all these other choreographers who, like, painfully in a studio and they're working and they're smoking themselves to death right, and, right. you know, they're eating a hole in their stomach with worry about their steps. And Michael just, it seemed to come so easy. That's, of course, my, like I said, point of view, but I've oh, yeah. never seen anyone work that easy in my life and or more positive and easy and oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, he could be a little cutting, definitely. But, sure. I mean, he definitely was, the creativity just flew out of him. Was he collaborative? Um, 
Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, um, I don't know if you still know that Neil, Neil Simon wrote a lot of a chorus line, which, of course, is now yes. common yeah. knowledge. And, but back then was a big secret. You oh, really? No, oh, yeah. that Neil Simon had come in and doctored and added all the jokes. As a matter of fact, all Bobby is a lot of Neil Simon's. All that's Neil Simon's joke. And if you listen to him, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah that's Neil yeah. Simon yeah. and everything. But, you know, and Michael Bennett and Neil Simon were not talking because Michael took credit for it. Oh, and never gave Neil the credit for the, and that's that's ugly, you know. Yeah. And Michael didn't need it. He was like the golden boy at the time. The last thing yeah. he needed to do was not be generous. Totally. But um, fascinating. He was a, a crazily creative man. On outside of that, but I'm sure he could be as you know right. devilish as any of the people at that at that time too. Yeah. Woo, yeah. man, it was a little. <laughs> things could be harsh. I remember. Okay, <laughs> aside, going to an audition in the '80s. Yeah. I, or I distinctly remember, you know, hallways packed, girls or boys. First of all, everyone was hostile to each other. And I remember seeing, not just on a, every once in a while, a lot, brawls happening in the auditions, what? on the floors, girls pulling each other's hair, smacking their head, <laughs> smacking each other. Like, there was, wow. there was such open hostility and no problem with just starting a fight. Mm. The guys didn't have that. The guys have always been <laughs> no. cool. They figure if I don't get a job, maybe I'll get a date. That was usually yeah. kind of the whole like you know, <laughs> men mental stop at that point. But the and guys always tend to be a little just kind of confused to be there in the first place. Yeah. But girls, it was harsh and <laughs> it was tough. Was it the cocaine? Uh, it might have been. It could have been. There was a lot of that. A lot of, a lot of cocaine yeah, at that people time. People were just smoking. Yeah, the smoke, oh, yeah. Right? They were just, just like smoking. Face, they'd be doing passes on the floor, and he'd be like, Here, The cigarette. Like, no. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. No, no. It was uh, from bar to floor. There were the cigarette trays right there. Gosh. And everybody from Barishnikov would like, stand yeah. there, and they stick that cigarette, go out and do their... Wow. Crazy, whatever, and you know, <clears throat> there, yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. I had to ask: Was it hard? Did your did your classic dance people, your ballet Joffrey people, were they like, where do you where are you going? Was are it, you kidding? They couldn't have been happier. Oh, really? I think okay. they were. They're more wow. Joffrey school, and everyone was yeah. so supportive. They were like, I, I don't, I don't know how to take that, but uh, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> but no, they were always incredibly supportive, cool. and you know, the, it always helps them as well. I mean, yeah. uh, Anne Ryan King was from the Joffrey school, I've and. Uh, had worked there and Robert yeah. Joffrey yeah. actually had even suggested that she go to Broadway because he just didn't feel like she had the facility at that time for ballet and wow. uh, she did alright I mean <laughs> dang yeah. did you try to keep a foot in both worlds? no I, I, I realized as I got onto Broadway and I never stopped working I mean really in like the 27 years before I opened my school I never stopped working I never yeah. had to do anything other than pretty much Broadway couple regional here and there but mm -hmm. I always worked on Broadway steadily so it was almost like one of these weird epiphanies that you're like this is what I've really been training for my whole life I just didn't even know it I mean the singing the acting the gymnastics all this thing and definitely the minute because I felt so out of place went into acting lessons singing lessons like right. crazy I mean the money I poured into just getting my any kind of an acting type while you were performing yeah. while I was performing yeah. it I yeah and then tap even tap classes and getting to most so I knew what I was doing and I think a lot of that fear and feeling like I was always like 50 steps behind everybody else I needed to work harder than everybody else wow. and this ignorance and this fear fear driven yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely fear driven <laughs> wow 
Now, I have to ask you, so you said you did some workshops for Michael Bennett. Were yeah. you involved on Scandal? No, I, I did come in on a couple of the things on it. I, I worked on it. I remember it was Scandal, but I wasn't sexy enough. What was Scandal, wow. Rob? Scandal was great. It was uh, this... Tell us, yeah. Scott. It was I, vaguely stuff I see. It was just a... From what I observed, it was just a lot of orgies and a lot of sexy wow. people with half-dressed. Amazing. Kind of like, it was really uh, amazing, and I, I can tell you nothing about the plot, but I just know that's... <laughs> it was, was sexy. It was sexy. Yeah. And I, remember, I just was not... I was a little too wholesome right. and not quite <laughs> sexy and raw enough for this musical. A too so. wow. okay. And that okay. came about really quick on Michael's end, because I was a little uncomfortable about yeah. having people yeah. with half their clothes on yeah. around me. So it was, but it was hot show, and it was great. But everything Michael did, I mean, Dreamgirls was till to date probably one of my favorite musicals. Oh wow! Oh my, it's crazy. so good. I've never seen a musical where at the end of the first act, the entire audience is on their feet, screaming at the top of their lungs at the end of Jennifer Holiday's number. Yeah, that's magical. never. I've never seen anything like it. That's Nothing. so cool. Oh, wish I could have seen that. Me too. Wish I could have seen that. Damn. Um, when does Cats come along for you? That was uh, well. Uh, Tom Reed, who was the dance supervisor of A Chorus Line, had moved to Cats because the dance supervisor of Cats had gotten like pneumonia or something or sick. So he had to take over. He became that. And since I had worked with him, they were looking for the cat. The show had opened and people were running like crazy to get out of the show <laughs> because the reviews were so bad. They were really waiting for Cats to close. I mean, they were the cast well, was in their head. They were thinking, "This, ooh, this yeah, show's awful." I got to book something else. I got, they yeah. were not even showing up for work. Some people, Jeez. because they were off trying to find something else to do. Uh, and also, the injury rate was high. Yeah. Break stage. Yeah. And then now that they were open, yeah. Once they got open, they realized that they just needed a couple more covers. They mm-hmm. hired myself and a, another girl named Sunday Leakey. And uh, what a name. We uh, um, we were kind of like hired into understudies because you know, and here I'd done Michael, so now I'm doing an understudy role, which was kind of hard for the union because I'm going from an understudy to a principal with, mm-hmm. or a principal mm-hmm. to an understudy. Right. And um, and you had no problem with that. I mean, you were like you don't. I just you, wanted to learn. I yeah. thought you know what, and I thought an understudy position was a great way to learn if anything's going to teach you you be backstage and you're an understudy because you have to you have to know so much more than your regular principles no it's true and it's the hardest job anybody will ever do and there are some people that can just do that i do not have a crazy mind that just remembers everything i'm my mind is like as you can tell listen to me talk is like (laughs) the most non non non-linear type of brain thought ever created but so being an understudy is a bad thing for me. But, yeah. uh, I did it to purposefully, and uh, by the time I was done, I was covering six roles. Dang. And wow. Even Tugger. I even covered Tugger. Yeah. One. But, but then uh, Ken Ard left uh, not six months afterwards, and I took over the role of McCavity ah, after yeah. that. So nice. it was, was Plato, McCavity, and Rumpus Cat, which was all the same character yeah. in the show. Was Cool always your audition song? Or did uh, it, no, did it evolve no. As... Then uh, I did, like I say, once I got into it and I started taking from other uh, teachers, I increased my, my book a little yeah. bit. And I mean, cool. I still, I mean, like saying a little Gershwin, just your typical. What's I the got standard? Type I got, okay. Of, you know, I got rhythm. Yeah. Um, and at the time for a chorus line, I actually sang, um, I, I teach vocal performance at my studios, and this is something I always tell them: make sure that the music you have is the music you've worked with. Because if yes. you're if you're yes. doing, <laughs> let's say, I can do that, which is what I was singing every night. Make sure that you, if you use the music that you bought down at Tower Records, that's your sheet music. It's going to be completely different, be different than key. what I had. 
and with breaks and all that stuff, it's going to be, it's not. And I went into my first audition for a course on or in Cats and Tanked because I sang I Can Do That. They said, just sing that because you, you do it every night. So that'll be easy. They're on my side. They were trying to get me in there. Um, and I couldn't, I, I bombed. I was in the wrong key. I couldn't sing it. There was these breaks. I go, well, this, what, what is this? Where's the break? Where's my tap break? Where's my, and they were like, Are, did you learn this from the, the score? I said, yeah. I said, well, this is, this is the sheet music from it. This oh isn't gosh. the score. And I'm like, so I tell my student, you have to make sure your music because yep. it's, there's so many, versions, right. so many versions of, so many. of Especially a this. song that other companies write differently right. and la la la. Yeah, Even totally. lyrics can be yeah. changed. Oh, yeah. Did the cat's job lead to song and dance? Yes, it did. Because um, uh, I think because Cameron McIntosh was the um, creator of Cats, I think he was looking for like a real and flatteringly a, an elite group of dancers. Yes. Peter Martin choreographed it. Uh, Richard J. Alexander directed. And um, <laughs> it was really 10 of these, at the time, Broadway, like, very great dancers, but also very distinct dancers. It was like really 10, it wasn't like a chorus of dancers, it was like a real, like, individual. You had Gen Horushi, who was at City Ballet at the time. It was probably... Uh, like a Barishnikov level yeah. ballet dancer. As a matter of fact, during our rehearsals, Barishnikov and Peter Martins, who these iconic ballet dancers, who I was stunned to even be around, mm. would sit there and watch Gen and go, "Wow!" <laughs> I mean, you know, which was so weird to that's see. A, that's incredible. And now I think he's the director of St. Louis Ballet. Wow. I could be mistaken, but he's he's great. And you know, got Charlotte Dumbois, yeah. uh, Denise Faye, Greg Mitchell, Greg Burge. Kristen Bois, uh, Valerie Wright, Ken Ard. I mean, yeah. uh, it was just uh, amazing, amazing group of dancers at the time of all different fields, and uh, and I was kind of the acrobat of the yeah. group. Yeah, and for the for, you know, a young audience might not know, but Song and Dance was it was a two act. The first act yeah. was Bernadette was, Peters was Bernadette all by herself, solo all show, just singing, yeah. all, and then the second act was this. Kristen Bois was the lead of that, and then we were the street and we had our story and then yeah. it was of course the first act was kind of about the guy in the second act right. and then at the end of the second act then they came together and yes. a lot of we all kind of sang our last song together which was <laughs> kind of you know yeah and then that was it yeah uh, is this we, your first original show yeah this is the very not first put in yeah it, it was a uh and there it was it was very interesting because it was only the second act, so it's not like we were putting. We were putting, We didn't do anything the first. The yeah. first part, we're in the basement warming yeah. up and yeah. you know, doing nothing. But we, um, it took us three weeks to put the show together. Wow. We had four weeks to do it, but we only. We, it only took us three weeks to put the show together, <laughs> because and Peter, who was very new to Broadway, he had his you know definitely had a his vision for the story and how it's to be told. But it was really kind of like one of these. Well, these dancers are like great, and they're yeah. aching to do. Anything that they love to do, yeah. they would go. Well, you know, what do you what do you see you doing here? And I'm like, uh, and, how about this? And I do. How about this? Yeah. And it got because we were all aching to just do whatever we wanted to do. Gosh. And I, in three weeks, we basically put the entire show together, and we took the last week and just kind of goofed around. We were like, <laughs> it was really, but it was this 
crazy group of dancers. Yeah. And uh, that's thrilling to be a part. And of to let like them that. just kind of free was also kind of a great idea because yeah. everyone's doing what they love and can do. And I was What's doing their... every trick of the book that I ever learned. So it was a lot of fun for me. Oh man, sounds joyous. I want to see that. And then at, then we go to Carrie, and then yeah, Carrie, please. Carrie, which Brilliant. we talked about. And then Jerome and then Robbins. Jerome Broadway. Oh, I auditioned for Jerome Robbins Broadway while I was doing Carrie at 890. We were rehearsing uh, <laughs> Carrie at the, uh, uh, at the ABT studios on the main floor, main floor there. And then, and I think the audition, Cynthia Rubia, Jerry Mitchell um, came downstairs because they were good friends of me by the time. I, we knew each other just through theater. And the young Jerry Mitchell. And he, they came downstairs at lunch and said, we're, we're doing a new show, Jerome Robbins. I'm like, of course, Jerome Robbins. Yeah. I'm ballet. I'm thinking, like, wow, yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, come on upstairs and, and at lunch and, and audition for him. For him. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. he's upstairs. I go, I go upstairs, and again, I've been doing Carrie right. for now six months. Yeah. It has been hell at best. It has been a nightmare. Debbie Allen and I do not get along very well. Uh, we're fine, mm-hmm. and you know I've auditioned her daughter, as a matter of fact, who's brilliant yeah. dancer. Yeah. And but I, it's been a really bad experience for me, like just emotionally bad, yeah. a lot of crap. Um, and so I get into Jerome Robbins, and we're doing like all these different pieces from different, uh, and I'm having a blast. It was almost like the same feeling I had for the A Chorus Line audition, where I, I didn't even care whether I got the job. I was so happy to be doing choreography that was kind of like great and fun and moved and and I'm back there and I'm just and I'm having a blast and Jerry Robbins uh, hired me like really almost right there on the spot and from what Jerry Mitchell and a lot of the people now this is only hearsay but allegedly allegedly uh, yeah and I've heard that Jerry uh, Jerry at the time was not really at this time wanted to do the show because he didn't think there was anyone who could do the part of my part which was several different roles and he could never find anyone to do that sp- fall until he saw me. And then mm-hmm. he said, okay, there it is. this is it. Okay, we can do it. And he hired me. I was like one of the first people cast. And, it, and part- I, it was a year of pre-production. Six months of pre-production, yeah. I worked with it. Literally, Carrie closed. I have no money in the bank because we've been working on rehearsal salary. I'm like, the day we close, I got drunk on my butt that night at the closing party, which is fun. And then Always. that next morning, I'm waking up hungover and like, I have no money. I have a daughter. I have a wife, an apartment. What am I going to do now? I ring. Oh, hi, Jerry. Jerome Robbins is on the phone. Would you like to come in and do some like uh, pre-production work for uh, a show I'm doing? And six months, it was like 20 of us worked on Jerome Robbins. And for six months, we did nothing but pre-production. Then the production started, and there was another six months of production with 65 people in the cast. I mean, that's... This had never been done before. I don't even know no. what's been done since. No. Not uh, that kind of work. Six months... I've heard... Oh, that kind of... Yeah, they just did it with Shuffle. Oh, okay. Uh, that's true. Shuffle right. just did. They were starting rehearsal when we were doing Allegiance. Uh, they were just starting rehearsal with Shuffle, and then I remember us. Our whole life was almost like six months from you know a rehearsal opening pre-production is about six months, and they were just starting to open, which was uh, like a sin. I saw the show. I mean, I, don't get me started. I just thought that was a brilliant show. Yeah. And again, I thought the tapping, Savion's choreography was, and the tappers were just amazing, and yeah. the singers, and the, you know, my it God, the cast between Billy Porter oh, yeah. and Audrey oh, McDonald yeah. and Come on. Brian Mitchell. And, the dream team. Uh, that, I, mean, I was like, totally. I'm like, just a, you know, I've never been like a big screaming fan. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, I like, like, there's up there. 
was, you're like unicorns in the same theater. It I mean, was like, really. Yeah, it totally. was like uh, I I remember just sitting in the audience like, how can this show not just be yep. like why are you PayPal? Yeah. <laughs> so true. Oh my god. What was pre-production? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Should like for Jerome Robbins. Um, Working in that intimately. Jerry and I yeah. um, did not get along very well at the beginning. Um, Why? I remember, um, well, I think a lot of it, even Jerry grabbed me. I mean, gr- literally physically grabbed me and dragged me in a room and says, look, if you're going to be uh, intimidated by me, which I was. I was so in completely star... I mean, I'm working with Jerome Robbins. I'm some guy yeah. from Idaho. The next thing I know, I'm working with Jerome Robbins in a studio, and he, I'm the man. Yeah. And he's working with me. I, I became very uptight and hard to work with on the acting. And you, did you know he was famously so hard on, like, you know, Tony and West Side Story, you know, like... Um, um, oh, we, by the time yeah. I got in there, we knew that he had been... He'd he been was very, I mean, I did not get through, I don't think, eight counts of music without him yelling at me. I never did anything um, where he didn't just scream at me immediately, stop. Again, about that. No, you're done. And I remember the, oh, this is this is where the the revelation where him and I became actually very good friends, and he let me go. Huh. Was um, we were doing the production, and every once in a while, the creative team of West Side Story, Stephen, everybody who wrote on it were, were there. Leonard Bernstein was there. We're at Eight Ninety Studios. We're doing, and up till then, I've never been allowed to do the choreography without him screaming and stopping me at every count. So I'm. I'm like, and I realized up till then, he'd always been saying, okay, well, imagine you're on a street and this is, you own this street and all, everything that you'd ever tell Tony uh, or Riff yeah. to do, you, he tells me. And, and I'm, I'm not giving it to him. So finally, we're at 890, we have everybody's there. And I'm thinking, and I've not run the thing completely from end to, one end to the beginning without being berated. Uh, he, I thought, you know what? I have to do this in my own way. I was weird, this thought. I said, I'm at 890. I've been rehearsing here since I've been in New York. And I've been on a stage since I was four. If any place that I feel I own, and that I feel comfortable, and that I am in charge, is on stage. So it was, it was kind of this weird, like, all of a sudden this like light weight got off my head and I said that's what I have to think I've never been on a street in New York and felt like I owned a street I always feel insecure. I'm always like intimidated by New York and streets and the people and all that so I thought I'm in a place where I already, I'm that yeah. so just be what you are in your stage place so here I'm in Leonard Bernstein everyone's there we do it from beginning to end boom rehearse it we go into the locker rooms there on 890 I'm putting, I felt good about it I thought you know whatever 
waiting for my he says <laughs> waiting yeah. for someone to like so Jerry comes into the locker rooms Scott I'd like to see you Lenny wants to talk to you I'm like oh great <laughs> great and I get to, and everyone's just like ooh you know, right. the principal's out. office yeah, yeah. just great I'm going uh, so I walk in I go there and there's Leonard with uh, Scott Frankel and Paul Gimignani at the piano and actually it's in this put actually uh, Martha Swope was actually taking pictures at the time, and this picture's in so many books, is uh, them sitting at the piano, and then my, I'm in actually some of them when I came to the table of uh, the piano, and we're all sitting around, Jerome Robbins, myself, uh, everybody, and I'm yeah. sitting there, and there's Lenny at the piano with Scott, working with Paul and everybody about transitions in Westside, so, and he was so generous, he's going, you know, if you, you know, you have this, here's another idea for this, and he's being so like, and I'm just sitting there watching this Genius. Leonard Bernstein yeah. sitting at a piano, old Jerry Robbins is over yeah. here. And in my mind, it's always a surreal, even now when I think back. And then Leonard, Leonard stops playing, and he looks up, and he starts crying. And he gets up from the piano, and then I turn over, and there's Jerry Robbins is crying. Like tears are coming out of their eyes. And these guys are small. They're tiny. And they both came and they, on one side of Jerry Robbins, Leonard Bruce, and they hug me, like just grab me and they hold me and they both look up and he looks up and he's kind of like shaking. He goes, thank you for bringing our work back to life. And I'm, <laughs> wow. I, and from then on, Jerry Robbins has never given, never gave me slack. He never gave me and never yelled at me again, never did one thing. Him and I became very good friends from that point on. The rest of the rehearsal period, I was like, fine. Wow. That was, I mean, and that that's one of those, like, you know, I could have quit my career right there and right. just been fine. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, and curtain. Jeez. Out. Well, so was it you letting go? Was It, it was. It was, was really, it, I think. Did it help at all? That yeah, you all that yelling just made me. That, that was know, kind of just cause... for me because I'm so insecure and kind of such a paranoid-like yeah. actor anyway. And I, the, the yelling was only making me just... And I kept telling him. And he always would even ask me, how do you like to work? I said, well, I need to have it in my body and work before I can give you anything. And by that time, it was in my body, but I'd never had a chance to run it. So it. having that freedom and that that state of mind when I went in there and just relaxing and doing it it was like a whole other experience yeah. and, and then it obviously paid off so can you tell us about that the, oh sorry the, the Tony Awards that, that uh, experience because that must have <laughs> been that must have been a little Remember, crazy auditioning I, was, I never had a Tony Award I never right. wanted or never had aspirations of winning a Tony Award yeah. and again I'm always thinking of myself as I'm this guy on the outside and I've done about by this time five shows yeah. but still I'm always saying that's what those other people over there do and got. So when I got the nomination, it was a little like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you serious? And then I'm, you know, I'm hearing through the whole grapevine. He says, well, no, you're kind of the favorite. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then my wife, of course, it was funny because they said, they said, make a speech. You might need a speech. And I wrote a speech up, and I actually, because my wife, ex-wife. That morning at breakfast, it said, "Well, you know," he says, "You're actually Bunny Briggs is kind of uh, now the front runner uh, for the show, and Savion uh, Glover was also up for that Tony Award oh, as gosh. well. And but he sh Bunny Briggs was kind of the, I guess, the front runner by the time the Tonys all came about. So I'm thinking, what a great this is! I've gotten so much. People have looked at me, and they've taken yeah. my picture a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be interested in what I say, yeah. and la la la. So." Um, 
I am. I went to the uh, uh, the thing without any idea, thinking I was going to win. And the speech, I actually was kind of a nice thing to do for my own thoughts of just who are people that you would write down and thank you for, you know, really making you, getting you here. You. And yeah. I mean, I really was, as a matter of fact, my, my speech, if you listen to it, it's of people that you don't, people don't normally, from my agent yeah. to the, the producers to the, to the, uh, to the publicity agent at that time, and people, my, my boys teacher, my teacher back in Spokane. It was all these yeah. people, and of course I didn't thank the cast because I was so worried about all these people, <laughs> no. like, which is the cast is usually right. the first person. You, <laughs> I did thank Jerry Robbins, thank heavens. Oh my God. But, um, Boy, when they called your name, that must have been. It was <laughs> weird. I'm sitting next to Madeline Kahn. <laughs> like, how cool is that? <laughs> Leslie Uggams is handing me my... T- I had a crush on her growing up when she was on the Mitch Miller show. <laughs> you don't even know what the Mitch Miller... You two guys are kids. You don't know what the Mitch Miller I show sadly, is. Sadly, I do. Dreams come true. Yeah, it Dreams was, it come was again, true. Oh, at, I even looked back at it. I was so like in shock yeah. at that time. And exhausted. I was so tired because you're, we're rehearsing, rehearsing, and then I'm going to meeting, meeting, meetings, interviews, interviews, right. la, 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 la. And then we have to, and then I had to go perform. I don't know if you ever see that on YouTube. There's the, the Tony Awards on that. Oh, yeah. And they do the West Side Story. So my, I can't barely keep my head up. I am so tired. Wow. And then to think that I had to get up the next day and do the show again. Oh, my gosh. Was I said I would I'd really rather have two you tickets really Hawaii to. and a week <laughs> off, please, because I'm so tired. I don't know what to do with myself. What was your track in Jerome Robbins? Oh yeah, oh I'm, I started out in On the Town, um, Chip, um, the Three Sailors. Then I went into um, uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I was one of the Proteans. Nice. And then um, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering everything. And then I did a West Side Story. And what was hard about West Side Story was that it wasn't just, it wasn't West Side Story with the scenes. It was West Side Story, every dance, strong dance number ever. Yeah. And, and then, you know, America and all that. So it was, that was, it was like a marathon. Also, I've just done On the Town. I just did the Proteans, which is all very physical. And then I, now I had to do all of the West Side Story dances end to end. By the time I die and Tony <laughs> drops him to the ground... Yeah. Robert LaFosse, who's great, oh, and yeah. I, I die there. I, I remember the first night, I said, how can I do this eight times a week? I, I'm spent. Yeah. Okay, then the first act, but then the second act was much easier. I, uh, was it was in, just the first act. The first that act. was the first act. Then the Max Senate Ballet, which I played Papa Crook, who I did all these tricks, oh, which yeah. was fun. Oh, that was so much fun. That was and, a classic of the yeah, stuff of history. It was really ballet, a wonderful yeah. ballet. And then I, uh, then I was in Fiddler. Shh, I wasn't supposed to be in Fiddler, but I was one of the sons in Fiddler. <laughs> nice. And that was kind of it. And then we kind of ended the show. That wow. thing was pretty much all the parts I played in it. But Jason Alexander was there. What was cool about that was Jason Alexander was putting together Seinfeld at the time. Right. And there's Jerry Seinfeld in my dressing room with Jerry, you know, yeah. uh, Jason Alexander sitting there. Now, what do you think, you know, when they're like, you know, putting together Seinfeld? That's while I'm crazy. sitting there in the rehearsal, st- that <laughs> like is in our so in cool. our dressing room, and you know, and Jerry's picking up on the girls and the you know yeah, the cast. Oh, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> We're going out to lunch now to talk about oh, you guys. That's good. Good luck yeah. on that show. Yeah, I hope yeah. it works out for you. I hope that does well for you. Yeah. Did you ever want to do film and TV? I've never. It's never been a good fit for me. I um, that going back to my dyslexic and my incredible uh, insecurity in front of it, television moves. I think too quick for me. I mean, I, I can barely get my lines out and 
and just ask uh, the cast of Allegiance. It has never got better. I'm slow. I mean, here you're working with Telly yeah. and, 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 and Leia, yeah. and they're like machines. Those guys. Here's five more pages for you, Leia. Could you do it? Boom. She pops that out like yeah. nothing and just like, she's amazing. I'm sitting there like, you gave me like two line changes and it's going to, could we have like a week of rehearsal of this? <laughs> yes. It takes me a long time for this to really kind of get into me. Yeah. And, and, and I, it's, it's uh, never got better. So television movies and that kind of stuff, even though just never really sat well with me. And I never went out to L.A. I never really was like, I worked L.A., but, and I did movies and it just was, but it was never a, a good fit. I yeah. just loved the stage. It was more to what I am and felt comfortable there. Well, you're so brilliant up there. Oh, it makes, it makes sense. <laughs> so now, this is interesting. So after Jerome Robbins Broadway, after the Tony Award win, your next Broadway show is Guys and Dolls. Yeah. In the which, ensemble in the of guys ensemble, and dolls. which that was no one ever. Did. I couldn't get arrested after Jerome Robbins. How no come? Kidding. I mean, my next job was actually doing um, a Wonderful Life at Arena Stage down in Washington oh, yeah. D.C. Um, oh, actually, my very next job because I could not get arrested. I mean, we're talking no money, and uh, I mean, I eventually I'm running out of money here, and my next job, and I have a house now in New Jersey. And a wife and a daughter, and a daughter who's in school. Yeah, uh, was a uh, I was playing a teenage mutant ninja turtle at a birthday party for two hundred dollars an hour. That was my next job. That's the only job I could get myself. Could not get a job. Why? Why? Wow. You you just yeah. came because off this big hit. Because people realized I was um, I'm not a I'm not I'm not slick. I'm not like I don't just pop things out. It does. I do have kind of a slow. And I mean, you know, and I've been nominated uh, two other times. But it's always, I don't come across, I just audition awful. I'm a horrible <laughs> auditioner. And the business has changed so that if you don't audition and you don't show them what you can do, you're not going to get the job. And the only reason I got allegiance was because of Stafford Arim. I mean, I went in there and did a decent job with the audition. It was a very small part. And um, I just, he really wanted me, he wanted to work with me. Well, I heard that they were like casting and someone was like, we need like a Scott Wise yeah. type. Yeah, so and well, they were like, Scott well, what, what's Scott doing? And so I just, and I went in and it was that situation. But That's very amazing. rarely would anyone hire me unless um, they were willing to go through my slow process and go it. Now, I, I will guarantee you it'll be good when mm. I'm finished. But that doesn't fly in today's, we need to get this done, boom, 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 bam, bam, bam. And, yeah. and I understand it. I Believe me, I've, I worked on the other side of the table long yeah. enough to know that I, I'm just too slow. I'm very, very slow. And that has uh, been, I'm sure, ooh, I'd have been a big star if I could have been faster in my brain. <laughs> but uh, um, Interesting. that's really kind of a lot of it was my very slow process. Yeah. So it went from... Tony Award winner to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtle. and then but, and then I, I did get a job. I got a, a, a arena stage. I did work there, and then uh, but I flew literally flew to DC. My agent was begging me not to take this job. He said, "This is an ensemble. You cannot take this job." You, you know, he's telling me. I said, "Well, are you going to pay my rent? Mm. Are you paying my mortgage? Are you going to do that?" And he mm-hmm. says, uh, "Of course, no." And I and I went in there and begged Chris Chadman. I said, "Look." Uh, I, I, and he says, well, he, and he was very afraid of me to think that I would, might come in there and want to be, well, I want this and I want that and where's my coffee? Yeah. You know, well, whatever, <laughs> like, and just be a little snot. And I just was as humble and told him, I just want to work. I was a cat, it was a real Cassie yeah, moment. Yeah, totally. And I'm like in there, I just want to work. And I just, and that's what I love. And Jerry Zaks, and that was, you know what? It was really a change because it was the first time I'd ever worked with actors. Now, I've seen that mm. since kind of weird, but up till then, I'd always no. been doing um, dance shows. I mean, yeah. a chorus line, dance shows. 
Cats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Betty Buckley was there, but Betty's over there and like over right. whatever, and she sings her song and she's done. Bernadette Peters, ba boom, whatever. I mean, these are a yeah. woman as well. And then Carrie, there was nothing there. And then Cats, or, uh, and then uh, Jerome Robbins, it was still dancers right. yeah. acting. And here I am with like Nathan Lane, Ernie Sabella, uh, Peter Gallagher, all these like actors doing scenes, doing this. And it's the first real like musical, musical with book play that I ever really set and it was the first time I mean I used to think I could act and then when I got around those guys I mean talk about respect for acting yeah. they really changed the way I thought about uh, acting altogether was doing Guys and Dolls I learned so much more about theater and acting from that one show wow. than I'd ever uh, I mean I can't say ever but uh, it was really an amazing show to do and it was one of those things you know what my career's always even though the people thought told me not to do it, I did it, and it always changed my life. And uh, you know, and the next one was Goodbye Girl. I did yeah. that, and I was working with, you know, Marvin Hamlish and yeah. Neil Simon, and I'm working all these like Martin, Martin Short, who's great, Bernadette again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've had, you know, I gosh, I could knock wood till my knuckles are bleeding because of how lucky I've been as far as like the people and the roles and things that have happened yeah. to me. Um, and then State Fair, which was wonderful, and then working with that and getting a Tony nomination was just a fun part. Yeah. Andrea McArdle's my first... I'm kissing Andrea McArdle <laughs> on stage. <laughs> I mean, I'm kissing Annie. How great was that? <laughs> There's a Eight quote. Eight times a week. Wait, I mean, it was wonderful. That was a David Merrick production, yeah. wasn't it? And, was and he David around? Merrick I mean, was legendary showman. No, David, I, that's, <laughs> and he, like, oh. sued. Like, remember the whole oh, thing with was, the Tony Awards? Yeah, and they, and did, like, they called me up. Uh, this is a Roger David Hammerstein, you guys. David couldn't even talk at this time he kind of mumbled and then his nurse would uh, <laughs> oh like uh, like say well he wants you to do this he says, and he wants to and I got nominated no I got the only nomination out of the cast which got a little bristly backstage yeah. but I'm oh. did it and whatever it's not, it's not, I'm not apologizing yeah, for anything no. I got it and then of course they uh, David Merrick's secretary uh, nurse <laughs> the air quotes is great on that. called me um, and said uh you know, you, you're not going to take that job. <laughs> She's Japanese. Yep. That was my best Japanese accent. <laughs> you're not going to take that job. I said, I said, what? Because remember, the same time Victor Victoria had opened, and Julie Andrews was the only Tony nomination that had I gotten. And she did not, she yeah. uh, refused right. yeah. the Tony nomination because, and so they, they wanted me to do the same thing. I said, you know that this isn't going to be the same as Julie. No. It's Julie Andrews <laughs> who's not taking the Tony nomination because she felt that the show had been totally jilted. And if I do it, no one's got wise. Anyway, <laughs> nobody's going to care if I turn down. So I said, no, I'm not turning my Tony yeah. nomination down. But anyway, so that was... Um, hey, one of the publicity. <laughs> I know, I'm yeah. like, it like, actually helped, you know, I don't know, whether it helped the show, people might have bought oh, a yeah. ticket to come and see it, at least. Yeah. For the, but that was wonderful. I, that was really great. That show is, uh, there was, there again, that's the first time I've stood on stage and did a book scene. I was going to say. And that's that's right. cool. I mean, I had done it in other that. regional shows and done going up to that, but it was really for me on Broadway to stand on stage and doing scenes. Yeah. With Andrea. Yeah. Who, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. I'd was like fun. to actually just jump back for a second, if that's okay. Um, you got to work with Chris Chadman. 
Oh my god, um, amazing! A, a talent that we lost yeah. way too soon. He was right at that whole horrible AIDS. Uh, it was just awful. So many people. It was like just gutted Broadway. And he would have. I'm, I know. And you know that he he was one of Bob Fosse's like proteges. And he actually. I mean, people sing, sing, sing. Uh, it's a very famous Broadway piece and was in Fosse. Yeah. Um, he choreographed that. And it was one of those things where it was the ending number of the show and Bob didn't have time because Bob's doing a million other things as a director. And so he was working on that and he says, Chris, why don't you just put an end to the show? So he, I mean, that's, if you look at Sing, 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 it's an idea of what kind of a choreography, and the choreography, and here's the bus, the choreography in Guys and, uh, Guys and Dolls was brilliant choreography. I mean, I really have to say I enjoyed doing it. And the, the crapshooter ballet like got standing, like, Cheers! Stop the show. It was amazing. Well, who comes on to Broadway that same year? Susan Stroman. Oh. Crazy for you. She right. did Crazy for You, and I had to say Crazy for You was brilliant. I mean, I think it was just like the best stuff that she's ever done. And yeah. uh, crazy. And then he, so he loses out in the Tony Award as not winning. And but I had to say, I mean, what a like one of those horrible the timing of it yeah. I mean here's this brilliant choreographer he's done this brilliant piece great choreography and then Susan comes in and now granted I love Susan and her choreography was unbelievable it was genius so there it was like ah oh, like yeah. really wow. and um, and I also think I mean Susan deserved that absolutely And but Chris would I know what if he was alive would, would have just gone on and been Another great, Another not an easy person to work with, but you know, we came from that old. That, yeah, that, he that came from that really. You know, that, and they were tough. That I mean, hard, hard, tough. tough. Well, that's Gwen. Gwen Verdon's very right. Who Ooh. you worked with in yes, Fosse? In I Fosse. Mean, like that. Yeah. Did you develop Fosse as well? Because they didn't. They? I was developed. That would that would mean I actually had a say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in it. Oh snap! And uh, it's where I met my. Uh, my wife Elizabeth Parkinson, right. and uh, and n- I was in it for the beginning, yeah, but mainly because Garth Rubinsky wanted me in it, okay. not because Gwen wanted me. And, uh, Chet Walker, who is the man who really there. really created the Fosse like uh, show. I mean, he yeah. really put that thing together. Great, um, and Gwen came in, and uh, there was a lot of politics. I mean, as only I would imagine a Fosse show would probably have a lot of. Well, you got a lot of strong. Anne Ranking was yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot of stuff and a lot of like just sit back and let it happen and just try not to get (laughs) yelled at. Um, But there was a lot of that going on, and it was wonderful to work with Gwen. Believe me, and Anne and there must have been other dancers that had known for a long time. There again, Gregory Mitchell and like these amazing dancers that were in there. Was just well, my wife for for one. Um, Desmond Richardson, my God, oh, he was yes. like tearing up the stage. It was really a crazy group. Again, I, I've been so lucky. Like song and dance was kind of very similar, just dancing. And here's this group of dancers. So I've always really been lucky to just fall in with just such amazing, amazing dancers that I can just stand in the wings and like gawk at. <laughs> so um, yeah, Fosse was a was a interesting ride. Um, and since I never really got to work w- in a Fosse show. I thought, well, this will be the closest I ever come to it, and 
Uh, it was funny because I'd auditioned for Chicago, not at all kind of around the same time. Right. And uh, the person, um, uh, I'm not going to mention the name, uh, who auditioned me because they said, do you, they just want to see you. And I said, am I going to dance? They said, no, no, no. You don't, they don't need to see you dance. For Chicago. Yeah, for the, on Broadway. Yeah. So I'm thinking, which I loved. I love Chicago. And I, wanted, I would love to do it. So I went in there and uh, I did it. And she said, uh, the, choreo- the person auditioned me said, well, we'd like to see you dance. I said, well, I, I was told that I, I'm not, I don't have to dance. And as a matter of fact, I'm in like a white linen shirt and linen pants, and I'm like as undancing outfit as I could possibly wear for Fosse. And uh, so I said, but I'll, okay, you know, I'll, I, I'm going to do it. I, it was my fault. I didn't bring dance clothes. Anyway, so I get dressed. I go through the choreography, and the, uh, the assistant just didn't think I could handle the Fosse style. Even though Bob Fosse had talked to me early during Song and Dance and had met with me and he wanted me to work on his next show right, right before he passed away. <laughs> and then I went and I get a Tony nomination for Fosse. Fosse. Yeah. And yet this person nameless wow. um, didn't think I didn't could handle the the, didn't wow. think I could handle the Fosse style. <laughs> Thank God they protected you. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I, well, yeah. Garth, but Garth wanted me in it. It was the only reason I got in the show. And Garth, who I uh, very good friends, I actually have a letter on my wall of him when he's on the lam from the, from, you know, because he was. They wanted him. They wanted to arrest yeah. him. Oh yeah. Um, right. As a matter of fact, after we opened in in Toronto, they were he. It was up to wow. get arrested, but he wrote me a nice nice letter during the Tony nominations that I'd gotten a Tony nomination for Fosse, and <laughs> like wow, a man from Mass. a criminal. <laughs> and what was what was your track in Fosse? Um, it was it was very much um, a little of kind of like everybody, a little Bob Fosse himself, who had done some choreography uh, from like alley dance to, and then kind of a little of uh, Chicago. So I was doing kind of a just uh, it was more of song and dance man. And then I did I did do alley dance and uh, what was another one? Uh, they called it Dobie Gillis. Uh, which was Bob Fosse himself dancing, uh, and I did a couple of Bob's pieces. Of course, the thing was, when Bob was doing him, he was like 25. When I was doing him, I'm in my 40s. So that was, I have to say, that did get a little like, oof. Dang. (laughs) Bob moved really fast, and he was really short, and and I'm kind of, well, long and... uh, Comparatively, and, and I'm old, yeah. but uh, I was very lucky to get a nomination on that, which uh, I really, I'm really lucky to get that. It was very nice and all. But uh, what makes a good choreographer? You've worked with oh, the best. Uh, yeah, they're also different, and their processes are all incredibly different. Um, what makes a good choreographer? You know, choreographers do have to make decisions, and I, good vision, uh, a good sense of they all have. They should be good directors as well as they're choreographing, because they you have to understand that the choreography has to really uh, heighten the plot and um, and like advance what's happening in your show as well as hopefully show off your dancers and um, give you a um, that through line of your story. So it just like, it, it, that's always the hard part of even from directors and writers and the choreographers is their job from going to that scene, into that song, into that dance and making that such a seamless uh, emotional journey. And if you have good choreographers that can, where that just happened, where I would say Cherry Robbins, um, 
his ability to create emotions in choreography was brilliant. And then it, for staging and theatrics, I would say Michael Bennett could just like, he could throw, make your audience like scream. And, you know, same with Bob with, um, I mean, Beat Me Daddy, which was a uh, thing from Big Deal, a piece that we did in Fosse but cut because the show just needed cutting. It was brilliant. I mean, where audiences at the end of those numbers would just scream with just uh, how amazing choreography can do that to you. And you don't see, and or choreographers get a chance to do that. Not a lot of shows always lend to that. There's not a lot of jellical balls out there as far as like, you know. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, but, you know, it's like the, not all songs are show-stopping torch songs that end, and neither are all choreographies amazingly inspiring, screaming, yelling, you know, theatrical events. It's most of the time that a choreographer, is, is he's just trying to uh, keep the plot and the, and the idea and enhance the song and the music that they've done. And that's really... Most choreographers that I know are not step people. I can tell you that. That's one thing, a misconception when I started choreographing and working with Twyla, I learned so much about choreographing. She's brilliant. Not an easy person to work with, but brilliant as far as her process and how her eye for choreography. And, and her stuff is sexy. That's another yeah. thing is Twyla's stuff is sexy. And it's not blatant. It's just real. It's like Bob. A lot mm -hmm. of stuff of her stuff is, is just really sensual. And, sensu and uh, I mean, you can hire your assistants to give you steps. Even Jerome Robbins, that's what Jerry Mitchell is, a great step man. Yeah. You go, Jerry, he would go, uh, Jerry, I need, I need some steps here. Well, how about this? And he'd do that, 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 And he'd, well, I don't like that. How about this? Do, 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 do. He'd do like, I remember sitting there one day and watching Jerry Mitchell put together like, you know, eight counts of eight or like a, an eight count and this brilliant choreography, one after the next. Boom, boom, boom. All, and then Jerry goes, well, I like that, but we'll take the second half of the third one that you did and we'll put that in and then we'll blend it. We'll put it a little slower and then boom. I was like, wow, how amazing is that? Jerry was not a steps man either. Neither was Bob Fosse. Yeah. I mean, he tells you only knew like four or five steps and you just kind of put them together. Yeah. And um, it's more about the acting. And as choreographers, if you don't have dancers who can like act on it, I really think that's a problem with a lot of choreographers today. They're, they're so worried about how high the legs go and how this and how they're fierce and whacking, as opposed yeah. to why don't we work on their intent and their acting and what's really going on in the scene, as opposed to you know, how high you can kick your leg and how many turns you can do. And granted, they have a place in, in choreography as well and an exciting number. There's nothing like it. But tricks and all that stuff don't mean anything if there's nothing behind it. Yeah. It just yeah. becomes like, I mean, we proved that with Spider-Man. There was a lot of tricks in that show too, wasn't there? Ooh. And I, mm. you can walk wider away from that. I can't remember a damn nope. thing about what was going on. True. It was just a, huh? Nope. <laughs> I, I didn't have to pay for the ticket, and I couldn't have been happier. <laughs> Same. Uh, was moving out then the first time that you worked with Twyla Tharp? Or had, had you yeah, been well, introduced to her work before? It was before? weird. I had actually done a movie with Twyla Tharp. It was called I'll Do Anything huh. with Nick Nolte. Oh, wow. And it, back then, I'll Do Anything was uh, supposed to be a musical. And they had every crazy, I mean, Hinton Battle, who is my idol, oh, yeah. coming to Bravo. I mean, he is amazing. He can't do no wrong. Um, was in it and had all these great dancers. I, I remember at one time I was massaging Carol King's feet. I mean, she was all these kind of like a in a background thing, and we were like all dancing around. And I was asked to be in that. So Twyla was I auditioned for her for that was in that. Gotcha. And then when Moving Out came along, I was also uh, married to Elizabeth, who Liz and Twyla were very close because she was in Twyla's company uh -huh. after after Fosse. And then. Um, 
Manny Eisenberg, who helped uh, produce uh, yeah. Move It Out, as well as the, the, the Niederlanders and all, they had advised me, you need somebody who's more Broadway savvy. She had done Singing in the Rain, but it was not a, a big success. And Twyla was not comfortable. And she's smart. Twyla is a very smart woman. She wanted to have somebody on her side as kind of an assistant that was Broadway yeah. savvy. Yeah. And she knew me. And I kind of just fit. Yeah. And I was her assistant for three years on that show. And brilliant dancers. And I have to say, again, oh, yeah. here I am in a show working with crazy great dancers. And then this show, I was more of a director, kind of a director in residence where I'd helped teach the show, put the, keep the show up. Maintain it. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, this caliber of dancers, like, you know, we're talking city ballet. It's the level of I'm, dancing we haven't seen on Broadway in some time, I feel like. It was, yeah. for those who may not know, it's the, it was the Billy Joel musical, you might want to say. But it, there was a song guy up in a band up upstage, up above on a platform. And then the whole story was told in dance. Uh, in dance, I mean, there was yeah, it, and, it was and even incredible. The music, I mean, and it, it wasn't verbatim. It wasn't like the lyrics of the music totally um, drove like a plot. It wasn't like Twyla had tried to. Matter of fact, she tried to for like a year of reproduction. Really? She tried to like literally put change the, the words. The song. No, not changing, no. but try to make those words work. Yeah, and and it was just never quite what the feeling. It just it's, didn't. But the music, just really, you're right. Exactly yeah. what you said. The feeling of it yeah. became more of what more important about what the plot. Drove the the show. The dancing had its own plot, right. and then Billy's music was sometimes literal, yeah. but more often than not, more of an accent of the emotion of that music yeah. in that like scene the at the time. It was brilliant, though, it was and a the band. I mean, oh here you got God. a rock band up there, and yeah. some of them Billy's people up there, yeah. and then yeah. Billy during the first. Billy Joel and I, became, I was up at his Billy's house every once in a while. It's it was crazy. like so weird. I was invited to his wedding. And, and Billy would come in every, during the first six months, and like maybe once a week, he would all of a sudden. I looked. I'm kind of the the I don't know master of ceremonies. I don't know of the show. Yeah. And I would look to the and there's Billy in the wings, and Billy goes, "I'm gonna come out." Oh, and then I go, "Okay, everybody." And then Billy comes, steps out. Audience goes crazy, and he plays two songs. It's <laughs> crazy. So, and that happened it's for a incredible. couple of weeks, which doesn't hurt ticket sales. No, to know no, that no, Billy, no. and then he walks out the door, and there's an audience all the way, you know, out in the middle yeah. of the street screaming, "Billy Joel!" And so it was really, uh, it was a, a wonderful. And here, working with Billy Joel right. and Tyler Tharp, and these yeah. amazing performances, yeah. and, and it was received very well. I mean, it, it was. Did well. it, the it was. It really. I, I your think wife it, got a ton. Oh, my wife got a ton of nominations. Brilliant cast, and it was another one where. Hairspray became the yep. that sure. was the yeah. year of Hairspray, and that became the the show of the show. And, and don't get me wrong, I loved Hairspray. Yeah. It was a great show. And but you know, I'm I'm in the, I'm in the other show, so I of course thought <laughs> we should have won. Classic. But no, uh, yeah. but it was a brilliant show and great show, and it ran a good long time. I was very proud to be a show where dancing was such a an yeah. element of the plot, and watch it being driven by dance, right. which to me is. There's nothing better. I mean, we got American in Paris, that kind of a thing. Yeah. That's definitely a... I mean, there's some pretty good dancers in that show, oh, I would yeah. definitely say. Yeah. Um, but um, Did you, it is great to be a part of something like that. I was going to say, you've... You're so lucky to have lucky worked with man. all these people. Knock wood. But now all of your students are so lucky to have you. How did oh, you get... they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they should know. How did, <laughs> they don't... How did you, well, how did you into teaching? I mentioned teaching? Jerome Robbins, or if I mentioned Michael Bennett, they look at me like, who? Was well, he on Dancing with the Stars? Well, it could be like Bob Fosse. <laughs> who? Well, maybe you could dance like Save Young Glover. Who? I mean, uh, uh, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire. No, Do you no. know anybody? Yeah. No. I mean, why would they? I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, when I didn't know anybody, and 
And they don't. And it's not really, it's important. Is I, and we have actually, a, my wife and I, we have this whole way of teaching. It's, it's, it's called joy, joy learning. Because, and a lot of people uh, we see teach, because we now teach all around the world. I mean, we're going to Russia now and teaching and putting together Crazy For You of all things and yeah. directing and choreographing that. Fantastic. So we teach all around the world and we work and uh, do very well. But we, we see a lot of teachers who have this really hard, like old style way of teaching where it's, this is the way it is, kid, and all that kind of crap. I said, no, what you're trying to do is actually beat it out of them before they even get a chance to get up there. So we, we say you can learn more and or just as much with the joy. And, but give them the, you know, they have to learn how to work. Discipline, yeah. Discipline yeah. and work, and it definitely has that, but it's got to come out of joy, and your teacher has to, and we have to, I mean, we lower the boom every once in a while as well as, you know, they're, Kids yeah, and working, and you have to learn to work, yeah. and none of the backstabbing that goes on. We just that our school is about, you know, not just being a good performer, being a good human being like on that. the trip because that will give you longevity. Also, uh, my feelings on colleges is, and I, I'm not going to get into that. And I, I think the edu- kids coming out of colleges are brilliant these days. Yeah. But I'm, I feel like they're usually taught how to audition real well and get that job. Yeah. And they don't understand that a job is a gig. That is one job. And that, okay, that could maybe, in some cases, be a career. Right. <laughs> but every show that, ends. But yeah. remember, it's like maybe two or three years at best of work. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. And I, my, I love, and I, I, I also try to teach, and we have a Martha's Vineyard camp that we do for a couple of weeks, intensive, but it's more about process. Mm-hmm. It's about what do you do after? What do you do? How do you, um, how do you continue? Once you get out of college, what do you do? And it's like, you know what? You don't stop. You, in theater and in arts, you stop in your debt. If you really think you know it all, you're gone. You're already the train has left the station. You have a job, fine. You might get two or three jobs. And that's a decent career for a lot of people. But I've done 14 shows. And I know people, I know people who I have been with since I came to New York that are still working. And I know why they're still working. Because of their joy, the work, and the considering always reinventing yourself and being creative and in a positive sense. All that crap, all the people with all the attitude and snapping fingers and a lot of you know, show, they're yeah, gone. Yeah. Those people disappear. And the people that worked, uh, Andy Blankenbuehler, Sergio Trujillo, yeah. Joanne Hunter, those are just, that's my group of people that I've watched who are crazily successful on Broadway. Jerry Mitchell, yeah. wonderful human being to work with. And those are the people I've watched come from assistants to dancers to now they're on Broadway creating and they're directing and they're, I mean, and all those people I can tell you, having known them very, I've been to their weddings, they're, they're over at my house. They are wonderful people and joyous to work with and incredibly creative and smart mm. and they continue to grow. And that is something of even our students that that's an easy thing to say, but that's where you the love comes into it. You have to love theater and love being a part of it. Hey, 
It's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.